today suddenly it worked. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RESCreening.com podcast. I'm your host, RESCreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, we're playing catch-up. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're getting used to that. Uh, the summer's kind it of, happens. the summer's kind of uh, hitting us hard. And uh, so we've got Independence Day resurgence and Finding Dory and the BFG. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something else in there. Actually, really? That we... <laughs> I'm trying to think like, did, was that it? We've, I feel like we've seen way many. Yeah. We, we, on that, but... we probably have, but uh, that one wasn't very interesting. You're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever it was. Whatever it was. Uh, and Independence Day, uh, obviously, you know, hit fairly hard, but then suddenly it was Finding Dory. Yep. And uh, now the BFG uh, supposedly doing pretty well so pretty far well. this weekend. I, I, I don't, don't I don't know if the uh, <clears throat> if I've looked at real recent reporting, yet. but the BFG is doing good. <clears throat> Finding Dory obviously like crushing everything like the in the universe. Animated opening ever, right? Like yeah, it was, it was that big. Yeah, it was. Uh, this is an interesting year for animated um, because we already had a movie that was Zootopia that was destroying all the animated records and right. now finding dory is gonna come it's odd i didn't think finding dory was going to destroy the world the way it is i, I mean you know it's going to be good and it's yeah. pixar and it's gonna take everything over but uh people are sometimes fickle with pixar it's and strange. it's hard to guess sometimes uh, which one's going yeah. to really crush and which one's just going to obviously be very popular right I mean, people don't hate a lot of pixar movies right but anyway that one's crushing and uh you know the summer in general is just uh at an odd place um that in fact the whole summer is probably a little odd but the summer right now is um you know things are spaced out in a weird way you uh, don't expect people to be coming out with certain things they are coming out with there aren't enough things, you know, it feels like the Avengers should be out right now. Right. <laughs> or Absolutely. something. So it's uh and you know, we've talked about that for years at this point that the summer is really weird, but now it's starting to get uh, even it's, it's like it got a little weird. So people said we could run with that yeah. and make it a little weirder. You know, there, there are movies that you expect to come out maybe, in uh, October or November because you think that people are going to want to possibly pay some attention to um, big, you know, uh, award things for their movie, or you expect them to come out in October or November because it's, it's not quite to the point where all the award movies come out. Right. So smaller things will get more attention because everything huge doesn't come out then. Right. Like uh, there's a, another Brian Cranston movie, the infiltrator that comes out in a couple weeks against uh, ghostbusters. And you kind of figure that would come out a little later in the year where it will get more attention. Now right. it's like somewhat early in the summer coming out when you expect just big blockbusters right? and, uh, and all kinds of animated stuff coming out all over the place, yeah. which you expect there to be some animated stuff. 
um, we've already had, and not even just, you know, the BFG is animated and not animated, whatever, but like a kid movie. And, uh, you know, you still got like Ice Age coming out uh, as far as that and Pete's Dragon and, and lots of, lots of kid movies coming out where you don't expect them all to cram themselves into the summer because that's not a summer thing. Even next week is like the secret life of pets. Right. Which is exactly right. Possibly pretty big, pretty big. It's, it's, uh, they're doing a lot of marketing anyway. And, uh, it it looks fun and funny and you, you know, it's, it's got a premise where, you know, kids are going to, right you know, latch on to that. the funny animals, no yeah. matter how good the Doesn't movie matter, is. Right. right. Yeah. And there's a, uh, all these kid movies. And like I said, you expect there to be some kid movies, but um, so before we jump into the movies, since we're just talking about all this uh, stuff about what's coming up, let's quick at what's coming up okay. and uh, run people through. So like you said, secret life of pets and uh, next week we've got secret life of pets and Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Right. Which is uh, an interesting movie, I think, because it's uh, not only is it so clearly like an indie movie, even though it's not. Right. But it's uh, it's so clearly an indie movie. And not only that, it uh, has a lot of similarities to some of the more popular indie movies that people don't know that came out in the last couple of years. You know, it's got the same actors. It's got kind of the same general idea of what's going on there there were three or four different movies in the last couple of years that were you know this movie clearly belongs in their group right. and yet this one's coming to end so next week there's uh we're kind of pulling away really from summer movies yeah like technically summer movies or whatever and then the next week um you like we said there's the, uh ghostbusters and Brian Cranston's movie right. where the infiltrators um, where it's, you know, involves Pablo Escobar and it's, yeah, it, right. it, it's in the range acting wise of uh, the movie that got him all sorts of attention last year. You wouldn't think they would just kind of like slip that into early summer yeah. next to Ghostbusters. Right. If you want um, by the time it's December, people to be still yeah. paying a lot of attention to it. Right. That's not how that goes. And and that next, uh, well, in two weeks, that's at the same time you've got uh, Cafe Society, right. new Woody Allen movie. So yep. it's like, this is a weird... Yeah, after seeing him... And, in, and those are the big releases. That's it. That <laughs> after seeing him in Trumbo, I would never think a studio was like, yeah, we got middle of July for that one. Right. Like, that one's going to nail it. Right. That's so weird. And uh, I mean, and especially because He's he, great he Trumbo, got tons still. of attention for that. That, yeah. that movie was... Uh, Deservedly. People absolutely, you know. but people were not necessarily saying anything like this is an awesome movie, right? They were saying he's, he's awesome, awesome in this, in, right? right? And yeah. and he was the focus of the attention, and now I don't know he's shuffled in in this. Yeah. The week after that, you've got Star Trek Beyond, so at least we've got like a summer-ish movie. I'm gonna be so sick right? at the end of the month. Yeah, and then uh, Ice Age, uh, the new Ice Age what Collision, Collision course. course? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then absolutely fabulous the movie right so which yeah. I know you're so pumped that's, about that's that's an interesting spin legitimately like, actually you know curious, the, right? thing, like, the thing that's weird I love the show yeah uh, I'm a huge fan of the show but I've seen a lot of 
uh, clips and and various uh, one trailer we ten saw. minute parts and yeah. trailers and I've seen like a lot of this movie and I'm kind of like um, uh, maybe a little too late. We, yeah, we might have like uh, waited a little long yeah. and uh, had too much time to find ourselves interesting yeah. in our yeah. <laughs> in our premise of, of what we're doing you know. it could just be like a little too much of a gap yeah. and then not only that the thing is that now it's a movie so what you have to do when you take your tv show and make it a movie is that you have to make everything bigger and it right. has to be about a bigger giant or mm-hmm. whatever it is so uh you've got like the main character in the trailers where you know she killed whoever as she accidentally killed uh, a model and I can't remember who it is in the trailer, but you know, so everything just has to be taken up 20 notches from what happens in the TV show. And I'm not sure that that absolutely translates. Only, I mean, I saw the trailer and I wasn't, I I thought it looked like it had been shelved for about seven years longer than it needed to be. It does kind of not because the jokes are out of time, but it feels like it's out of time. The other thing, it's only 90 minutes long. Right. And if you figure that, the credits are six minutes. I mean, it's only 84. Like that's a short movie to get really right. Right. Or really wrong. Right. Like it's, it, I feel that that's absolutely hit or miss. Yeah. There's going to be no middle grades on that one. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I like the idea. Yeah. Uh, of them making the movie, but I don't know. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know that it worked. Right. Uh, the week after that, <clears throat> we have kind of a legitimate week. Uh, Jason Bourne and, comes out and Bad Moms. So oh, yeah, you've right. got kind of a big comedy yep. thing going up against it. And uh, even, you know, the movies we aren't mentioning, though, man, the the, the indie movies uh, over the next month yeah. le- leading up to here, this it's just tons it's of them. It's, yeah. it's insane. That would um, be good. And uh, the week after that, you've got Suicide Squad. And, and that is a week that, that I think is that just kind of cracks me up because yeah. uh, Suicide Squad's obviously going to be a giant of the year. Yeah. It's going to do at least if you can take the buzz right. around it and, for anything, right. because uh, you'd think that it, it, just in pre-sales alone, if you could open right. it up right this second, yeah. you'd already be doing good because everyone is talking about that movie. That needs to be good just to get Batman, Superman out of people's minds and tastes. Yeah. It's, it, it's it, got to do something. It, it right. does. It's, and it's, it's really trying to go in, I think a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so it's hard to tell exactly what way kind of wins out overall. And you it know, looks it's, like it's trying to do a lot of different things. Sometimes you know, I've only, I try to stay away from too many trailers because I want it to be new. I've seen, I've seen two. Maybe there's only two out, but it looks like inherently to be a film that we might review and say, if they'd been more serious, it would have been amazing. If they'd been more playful, it would have been right, amazing. They right, didn't exactly. know which way to go, and then because of that, it suffers. Right. Like, I don't know what the movie is going right. to be like. What's the tone? Because it looks both. Right, and the trailers kind of try to give you both. Right. So, and, and even then, um, I, that makes you wonder. Yeah. But that's going to be uh, gigantic, be and that's an interesting week because apparently everybody else, in a sense, has abandoned it because uh, that week you've got – Michael Keaton in The Founder, where he plays Ray Kroc. I'm pretty interested to see that. I, see, here's the thing. I, 
I'm I'm not. Oh man. I'm not really interested to see that very much because that to me, you know, I'm not a huge biopic guy in the sense of, (laughs) well, there's a biopic, I have to see that. And and that's gonna be awesome, right? Right. (laughs) Right. I I, you know, some of them are awesome, right? right? I mean, there there are plenty of good ones, but at some point in trying to get excited about one that's coming up, I have to wonder if I care about the person at all. And I, and, okay. and, and I just don't. I don't care about Ray Kroc at all. <laughs> I but I think don't. the story seems so ripe with duplicity and evil backstabbing contract breaking. Like, I think there's a fun maybe, story behind it. Maybe. And, and yeah, if, that, if, it, if it turned out that maybe, uh, like, there are some small-time burger restaurant owners right. like still missing right. <laughs> right. and maybe uh ray crock was a whole different kind of shady guy than we assumed he was or whatever Cut i mean up, maybe maybe it would be interesting but kind of stories yeah it's yeah. just i don't know it's, yeah. it, it doesn't scream we need to make a movie about this and michael keaton needs to really sell us this character and you know i don't know I'm yeah. I'm not that excited for it, but uh, battling pretty, pretty battling Suicide Squad and the founder is Nine Lives, the movie mm-hmm. where Kevin Spacey is turned into a cat. Oh yeah, right. And 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 I actually said those words, but right. This is a movie that first of all could really 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 suck, and you right. you don't even have to explain <laughs> that to people, right? Right. But I wonder if this movie doesn't actually just try to go all the way back to a bunch of Disney movies in like the sixties and seventies, where they were completely goofy, like family movies. Right. And, but they're cool, but they're, you know, they're fun movies still. I mean, they're maybe Disney had this whole thing and it was mostly during the sixties and seventies. They had this whole run of just totally ridiculous, ridiculous movies that were you know i mean this one obviously you know comparing really well to like the shaggy da movies because uh you turn into an animal or whatever but there were a bunch of other ones that were still there were like you you know similar things along similar lines and they're totally stupid movies but they're still fun and they're you know family goofiness and this is one where it's hard to think of kevin spacey though really being the guy who makes a movie where there's no seriousness like you can't take this seriously right and anyway that's actually going to be in theaters so there's that and the week after that we're all the way to pete's dragon so um wow and, and that is that one for me is weird to uh, watch the trailers too. And they've been hitting the trailers pretty yeah. hard now because that movie like starts out and you've got um, Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? Blythe. Bryce Dallas. Bryce. Bryce, Bryce, yeah, Dallas, Bryce, Dallas, Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard. You've got her like at the beginning of the trailer and it's like, uh, it, it's like a Jurassic Park two. Yeah trailer and you're like how how serious is this movie taking itself and all of a sudden it's like uh just even just the way they uh pull back in that like opening shot of looking at her right you're like man this is like serious and you expect the dragon to come out and just be like the evil looking you know scary creepy dragon and you're like what movie is what 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 revisioning of this story is this anyway 
um, that's about that takes us to about August fifteenth. So um, yeah, that's what's coming up. It's gonna be a weird, weird, weird summer kind of. But um, the you know art house theaters, right? There's uh, a lot of are stuff. are going to be having a good time right. uh, with people who will go to the art house theaters. I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there's uh, there's a bunch of indie stuff. There is if during this span of crazy movies that we've uh, told you about that you don't find anything awesome, this is uh, bizarrely uh, going to be an interesting summer where there are lots of weeks where you might just want to go to iTunes is or. There- <laughs> Yeah, things that are you, right. you know getting released on demand because there's a bunch of them and there's right. a bunch of them that look really good too. So what do you of of the list of stuff, not the art house stuff because there's so many to pick from, but of that selection, what are you most up for? Uh, you know, in the in the list of what's coming that we've read, like the um, big because they're the big ones, they're the heavy. You know, players. so the the big things that have come up, I'm. If you say I'm, Ghostbusters, I'm, I'm walking out of here. I'm really Seriously. interested to see what happens with Jason Bourne. Me too. And if, they, if they can make that yep. actually, you know, take a big break with Matt Damon and come back and put together a story right. that is not just uh, something that feels like the next episode of a TV show. Right. And something that's, you know, really a good story. And I'm a little nervous about that actually, yeah. because the way they, the way they give you the trailer for that movie, you know, if you just swap out some characters and stuff, it looks like it could just be the trailer for earlier ones. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I'm a little nervous about yeah. that. Like he's, I'm pissed. You're the guy in the office. Right. We're all scared that I'm loose. Right. Uh, it's right. It, it's very similar. And I if they can take that and do something and then accept that, you know, we blow up half a city in the process and destroy a bunch of cars, which was uh, one of the things that I really liked about the earlier Jason Bourne movies is that that's not what it's about. It's not about just destroying as much stuff as you can and whatever. And it's like most of the action that would happen was either just running Mm -hmm. or, a fist fight right. with somebody right. and not uh, like that one part in the trailer where like all these cars, Oh yeah. Right. You, there's like a big traffic, tons of destruction, yeah. whatever. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see what they do with that. I'm uh, kind of interested obviously to see, you know, suicide squad. You just have right. to be, whether yeah. you have any interest in it or not, right. you just kind of have to be pretty interested in that. And then, you know, of the movies that we mentioned, I'm kind of interested to see Cafe Society. Um, yeah. Because for me, even though it's, you know, slowly getting more and more popular to give Woody Allen a bunch of shit about everything in his life. Sure. He's made some good movies the last few years. So I'm pretty interested to see that one. Yeah. What about you? Same? It's, it's almost exactly the same. And maybe there's one surprise. Um Maybe there's one surprise amongst them for me, but uh, it's it's absolutely Jason Bourne. I want to see what they do when they have no more, um, you know, he can't remember anything. Part of the whole mystery is what is he going to figure out? You know, right, right. The allure here. And, is, they, and, he, and they make a point of saying in the trailer that he remembers yeah, everything he now. So now it's a yeah, whole different game. Now he's a yeah. different, now he's more lethal because he has no secrets, no mysteries, no right. vacancies. And you know, would think in some semblance, to get Matt Damon back because he wasn't contractually to do it anymore. He was out. That's why they were doing the ones with Jeremy Renner. 
I would think that that says something that as smart and as working as he is to get him to come back to a, you know, a fourth right, you know, film, right. it's gotta be pretty good or it's gotta be something that he really likes. So that's encouraging. And I'm, I'm really up for that one. I'm, I'm just curious about suicide squad. Yeah. I, I want to know whether or not that sinks or, or reignites anything DC's trying to do thematically. Strangely. I'm, I'm not excitedly curious. I'm almost morbidly curious to see Star Trek. Because I want to see, <laughs> I want to see. Despite how sick you're not either. No, you and, and for this reason, for this reason, I hate J.J. Abrams. You just want to see how bad it could be. I wonder. That's I not wonder, the same thing. No, it, it kind of. I'm is, excited know, to see how wanna, much I wanna, it was. I want to rubberneck a little bit, but I want to know if the reason I didn't like Star Trek and Into Darkness was a hundred percent due to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> if you, can, if you can write it all off, on because me. he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he's he's producing or he's exec producing some aspect of this, but he's not written it and he's not directing it. So. And I kind of had fun with Jeremy Lin's films. They're outlandishly foolish, right. you know, with the Fast and the Furious stuff, but I kind of like them. So it would be interesting to me and a little bit validating to see if you take J.J. Abrams out of it. Did, do I like So now you want here? to like it. No, now you're going to no, come in and go, aha, <laughs> this movie's there awesome. Are, there are, I have a bunch of friends who know how much I dislike J.J. Abrams' work of late, and they would love to have me just validate that and be like, see, I'm all about Star Trek. I'll come in with my little <laughs> Enterprise pin. So now if it, you know, I'll have my tricorder. Now if it's, on my if it's good or if it's bad, you've got like I'm a in, whole story lined I'm up. In, I'm in a no-lose <laughs> situation. So, I, but I'm, I'm a little curious about it because – it would, I would have no curiosity at all if he was writing it or right. if he hadn't written it and he was directing it. Because I'd be like, it's just going to suck again. Right. For all the same reasons, it's always sucked. But if I had to choose between Ghostbusters or Star Trek, I'll go see Star Trek. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll get a bunch of – I can't wait until the uh, audience response when we yeah. do Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Because, be <laughs> because that'll be fun. All right. Uh, Maybe Jeff, we'll have to critic take down ourselves. Maybe we'll be the only ones. That hey, will be good. you realize that the world would be so dark if we're the only ones that see the common sense that it sucks ahead of time and everyone else is like, you were so wrong. This is great. Uh, yeah. They all get off. Every, like, everyone on the internet ah, completely right. turns around and uh, falls in love with that. We need you to critic take down yourself. That'll be good. Speaking of uh, critic take down, uh, see, that's a good segue. next week we're going to have one, I think. Yeah. Uh, it will be next week. But, someone uh, loves Independence Day? We've... <laughs> Yeah, that's it. No, uh, we uh, we got some emails after we were talking about it on our last show. So we did get like it's some only, suggestions. It's only taken two months of talking about it. To yeah. Get a good email. So uh, we we actually got a few suggestions uh, for critic takedowns. So we're going to kind of look through those, look through the reviews that they want us to take down. <laughs> and uh, and so hopefully uh, next week we'll have some of that. Okay, now we've got to get through uh, all Three these films. movies. So um, we might as well just start with Independence Day because sure. uh, that's that's easy. That's sort of a while ago at this point, which is odd since was it? God, it was. That was like two weeks ago. It's it's not our our newest movie. Um, this is the, this is a weird weird movie for me. So uh, if we're just gonna throw out our ratings, yeah, let's see how close I am on you. I don't know how far away you could possibly be from me. <laughs> I think right, yeah. if this was like a betting game that we <laughs> had like a system for in Vegas, uh, I think, you know, it would yeah. be like horse race odds and stuff like that. Right. And, That's awesome. and I'd have to tell some secret person what my actual rating is. And right. then he'll come up with, <laughs> then he'll come up with the like 14 to one and all right, that yeah. stuff. Um, 
I gave this movie zero. What? <laughs> yeah. This is the worst film we've seen then? This was worse than this was worse than that Resident Evil film. I get it because Resident Evil Annihilation. No, I gave that, that zero too. Did you give that zero? Yeah. I've given I've I've given I've given a lot of movies zero. Yeah, Uh, it's it's the same thing where uh, it's the same thing with like tens. You know, it's I've got the same theory of tens. Right, right. Like every you know every year there are like a few tens where there's you know there's if you ask a bunch of different critics there are a bunch of different (laughs) uh, theories of of how you rate stuff and whether it's five stars or 10 right. points or whatever. Right. Uh, and, you know, some people, you know, it's like Roger Ebert used to give several movies a year four stars. Right. Right. There are some critics who think that on the list of all the movies ever, right. Yeah. Like maybe the top 20 movies are allowed to have 10 and that's right. it. Right. right. <laughs> and every other movie is like nine and a half. Right. Like all the, all the movies there. in the history of movies. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then somewhere in between, right? I mean, there are plenty of theories that cover in between. But I think there are potentially, anyway, maybe right. there are some really bad years, but I think there are potentially like several 10 movies a year. Yeah. And there are several zero movies a year. <laughs> we found one. It's just that we manage to avoid most of the movies that I would give a zero. So if you're only going by the stuff we've done on this show, there will be a lot more 10 than zeros. Right, because we can sidestep. Because I choose not to watch the ones that would probably turn out to be zero. I got absolutely no positive experience out of this movie at all. Yeah. And not only that... The the thing that as, actually as None. as even like a sliver no nothing. nothing as we were walking out of the movie, uh, I was sitting there thinking Resident Evil Resident yeah. Evil was it I, I, it was in my mind when we were walking out of the sever is out of your head now it can just it be is, Resident Evil it like, is I I gotta tell you I almost want to watch Ballistic X versus Sever again be like and go exactly where is it <laughs> it's it's gonna be really hard. Because I did what you did too. I I give this a zero. This was you gave it a nine. This was you gave absolute, it a zero. This was abs- I wrote down my grade. I had you at one and a half. Uh, I thought you might have been able to see some semblance of give give it something for something trickery or yeah. you know. Um, but when I when I was watching it, I kept thinking, is this going to be better, worse, or equal to Resident Evil? Right. And I just thought. I think I genuinely liked Resident Evil more than this. I, now that I'm watching I, this, I actually did too. Like, I was, I, thinking, I, was must be two or three. I was I was walking out of I was walking out of the movie, like I said, and in my mind as I'm walking out, I was thinking Resident Evil, Resident right. Evil, and then I was thinking, I know that he's going to mention Resident <laughs> Evil, or it's going to be somewhere on the thing. And as I was like, my instant reaction as I was walking out of, the, I was like. You know, gun to my head, I would watch Resident Evil before I would watch this here, here. So, so here's the, here's the funny thing. I also thought because it's been, God, we did Resident Evil pretty early in the show. Maybe it's been two or three years since we've done it. Yeah, and I haven't seen it since. I haven't even seen it on TV since. Right. Like, I don't even see it running. Nobody even plays it. Right? <laughs> it's like it's like buried in some sandlot next to the Atari ET games. <laughs> It's hard for me to imagine walking out, just as it was hard for me to imagine walking out after Resident Evil thinking, I'll never see something this bad. Right. This, this legit, like, not art house, not independent, not low budget, not student film. Sure, right. there's going to be some real trash. Sure. But 
but maybe like, because my time is kind of valuable as an adult. I, I know right. to stay away from the Adam Sandler goofy Western film, which right. I think you rated higher than this. Oh, it's easily higher than this. <laughs> so I'm walking out of this going, am I ever going to see something worse than this again? And, and right now it feels like, no, it feels like everything, <laughs> but that's how it felt. When you how it felt then. <laughs> so now I know eventually, and like you say, every year has potential zeros. We usually sidestep them if possible. I know we'll see another dog at some point and be like, Independence Day resurgence. <laughs> yeah. Resurgence, resurgence. Yeah, it's as bad, you know. But I don't ever think I'll say to myself, like strangely, you said, I would watch Resident Evil again right now instead of this if I could take it out of my if, head. If you had to, yeah. And I don't think I'll ever get to a point where that was really doggy. I'd watch Resurgence again right now. Like, right. I don't. I, but I didn't feel that way before. So I'm. But but you I'm know here's girl. here's the thing, and it's funny that we'll at, probably never actually talk about this movie in no. any way, but. No. Uh, here's the odd thing. And when I was thinking about it and I was walking out, right, I really, really legitimately hated Resident Evil. And, and I, you know, there was, there was no good time that I was having. Right. But that said, as bad as Resident Evil was, I felt like Resident Evil was just bad. It was just making me have like a, bad movie experience right this movie was like really pissing me off right it was bad and right on top of that i was going you know you're you're a bunch of assholes really it felt it felt in a way that the trailers never i was never under any illusion that this would be something extraordinary right this wasn't going to be the godfather 2 better than the original it could have been better than the original but looking back on it though it is a bit silly i actually didn't loathe independence day Back when it came out as a yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't either. I didn't. I didn't like it. it I, I mean, I didn't. It. I didn't I think fun. it was great, I but it. I still thought it was. You know, now if I try and like search right. my brain for like a rating or something, sure. now I mean, I still felt like it was maybe like four at the worst. I, I mean, it, I, it, I remember it was having like, a lot of fun with it. I was probably around seven because I thought as a summer popcorn film, you know, it it gave me all kinds of fun things and the charisma, the the characters. Jeff Goldblum wasn't yet a caricature of jeff goldblum right you know and will smith was the king of the summer right that was at the height of it and even though it was roland emmerich and all these things like it it had the right combination of everything it needed even though it was wildly stupid like they defeat the aliens with a apple computer that was like 30 years past its prime anyway this film it felt you know not too far into it just hollow and you know kind of derivative of really nothing good anyway not even just derivative of itself but really nothing good the the heavy-handed attempts to try to make new catchphrases you know like what goes up must come down like that's the i can't believe he even delivered that line they must have paid him an enormous amount to get him out of his trailer everybody everybody in this movie uh, this is this was a movie and as i was watching it right we've had like kind of this discussion before too like as i'm watching the movie everyone in the movie i was like going i don't like you now right like right. A, as an yeah. actor, I have no respect you, for you anymore. You, you signed on, man, right. and it was <laughs> Robert Lawsey, You guys, you know, he's that was his last film. I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna speak bad of the dead. This was his last film before he he died. They dedicated the movie to him, but I swear to God, they just threw a general's outfit on him and wheeled him in to put him in like a quick shot. And right. I thought that's what's wrong with the idea of this film that you have no respect, no intent to do good work. You are just trying to get money. 
Right. And and it's very clear and not even not even in the annoying way that's like happy meal money. Like we're not even introducing six different pod race scenes to try to get you to buy toys. This is just stupid lines written by people who don't know English. And right. you get characters who are seemingly, you know, recognizable. You get a lot of people from the original film and then you're throwing in all the new faces to try to just get people in and and the way that they handled like the storytelling when Vivica Fox, no offense, spoiler here, but tough. Yeah, the, yeah I'm helping too bad. you by telling you this. Right. When she dies trying to rescue people, as a, as a heavy-handed, it, clumsy it, it attempt to so try to put drama into it and give the character, give Will Smith's son like some motivation, I, I almost started laughing. Right. Like, if we had seen, I can't remember if we saw Resident Evil basically alone. I think we did. I think we kind of did, And the yeah. thing that was really weird about that is that that was such a missed opportunity to just go mystery science theater with you. Cause right. we could have made that movie a lot more enjoyable if we just started <laughs> right. talking to each other, <laughs> right? Like about the film, not just about like your kids just and put like jobs. a mic on us just as really the movies running this film. You know, certainly we, we saw it with a lot of people and, and strangely they liked it. Yeah. Like, you know, they were cheering and having fun and laughing. And I just thought, Oh boy, political season <laughs> really scaring right. me, you know, that kind of thing. But it, it just, it never seemed to earnestly try to do anything except take money. Right. And I have no respect for that, especially and, when you don't do it very well to begin with. And you know, what was weird about watching this movie was uh, for me, like the odd things that you think of when you're watching the movie, Yeah. because there's no point in thinking about the movie at all. So, <laughs> right. you know, your mind is free. Right. And I just kept thinking during this movie about Michael Bay. Yeah. Because I, oh, I miss Michael Bay bad because this film. I hate Michael Bay. I know. Yeah. And I don't hate every movie that he's done or anything. Right. And some of the Transformers movies are uh, serious garbage. And right. some of them are like, oh, that was all right. Kind of that, that, that was, yeah. you know, kind of fun. Yeah. But every time Michael Bay comes out with a movie, mm-hmm. everybody goes bonkers on ripping him apart. Right. Like it's he's a hack. it's just fun. Yeah. It's yeah. you know he's the target of it's just fun to rip him apart. Yeah, all his movies are based on you being stupid, right. and he knows how to sell stuff to stupid people. Yeah. And everything that happens in every movie is completely stupid. And I'm just watching this movie going. Everything he's done is so much better than he's everything a, that happens in this. He's a Fulbright scholar. Right, exactly. He is, he is a genius. And in some strange way, he actually is a genius, like to get to get the process of what he wants done. Right. But it's not like it's not smart film. Sometimes, like what you said, it's just stupid. But right. Man, I missed him. I know. I, I, I was thought, like, oh my God, Michael somebody would have been a little better. I yeah. was watching this movie going, somebody throw a scene together like give me one scene so that at you know as i have done uh actually fairly frequently in like the last six months where i'll hate a movie and go but you know there were these scenes that if i could just take that scene completely out of the movie and watch that scene that's a that's a pretty good scene this movie had none of those even my girlfriend was laughing over the last week because everybody that i met i was telling them to go see this movie (laughs) And she's like, because you don't like them. Cause I know. Cause I just thought if I had to endure this pain, I wanted to share that. Cause I thought shared grief is easier to carry. Right. right exactly. So I'm, I'm telling people, I'm like, you should see, you should see independence day. And she pipes up. Why you hated that. And I went, no, no, no. I hate's not the right word. 
You should go check it out. It's like, you said you hated it. And I'm like, shh, just let me get this out. Like, I need to share this. Because I feel just like an experience, do this. an experience right. like that is kind of like the ring. If I can get you to watch what scared and horrified me, then I'm free. Right. I don't know if I got anybody to go see it because she was chirping at him and telling him that it was horrible. Right. But I tried. I certainly tried. It's a movie that's a lot easier to talk about with people who've seen it. Because it, Cause it sounds because like you can't even explain it, you, it. If I tell you why is there even any danger when 20 minutes in a ship the size of Asia comes right. into the orbit and then upends everything because what goes up must come down. And then they're going to drill the planet to try to terraform or just kill us all. They don't have to do that. They've successfully just entered our gravity, flipped it around. Now we're all going to die anyway. Right. But they could just soar off to the next one. Why are we even fighting anything? Right. But then you start. Well, and you know, then, then this is a movie too that um, it's, it's kind of irritating in a, I guess, in a different way when you've got something, make someone making a movie and, you know, you've got a script of a movie where we're going to say like a lot of science things. Right. And then a bunch of other right. stuff's going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, there's, you know, if this movie had been made in like the forties and had just gone like sort of crazy campiness or something this could have possibly been like the best movie ever made cult classic like (laughs) you know like plan nine from outer space something like that yeah it's sure it doesn't even it's talking all of this science stuff and it kind of sidesteps talking about it but it sort of explains it in the sense of i've said some words that i'm calling the explanation and obviously we're supposed to be doing stuff with science. We have all this technology from the aliens 20 years ago mm-hmm. that we have, a, you know, adapted to use ourselves and all this stuff. And then, you know, it, it runs you through all these, you know, now we have these advanced planes that use their technology and stuff. And then uh, a spaceship, a third, the size of the earth right. lands on the earth. And no one yeah. has anything to say about the fact that there's still an earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're still, yeah. And, I don't know. It was, there was so much goofy stuff happening anyway that there were lots of times where uh, you just wonder how you could get them to, to run with this. Yeah. I don't know, like how you could get these actors in. I mean, they must have paid them. They must have got a good payday. I guess if somebody gave me like Look, $20 million, I'd yeah. go, tell me what to say. <laughs> but, Brent Spinner, Judd Hirsch, not really, I, I, there's no slight against them, but I don't know that either of them have, I know Brent Spinner probably had Star Trek money forever, but you know, they don't really seem to pop up in stuff anymore. Right. So I expected them in here. Jeff Goldblum, I think, will pop up anywhere if you put him on the marquee. Right. And I like Jeff Goldblum or I did. It's hard. I may have to look back and see if right. there's anything worth liking. I actually kind of think, I actually kind of think that Bill Pullman, though one could argue that he looked the way he did because that's what he thought his former president would look like. He looks like a guy who just showed up, right. didn't shave and just said, I'm going to say what I say and you put it on the <laughs> right. floor or not. Right. And in a way I almost respect that because he, but I don't really, but it, it would be fun if he just imagined him showing up being like, okay, Bill, we're going to get you into hair and makeup. He's like, no, no, nope. I'm going to do just like this. <laughs> no, nope. you got 15 minutes. Right. Do don't it. bring me a script either <laughs> right? because I'm going to just say <laughs> whatever, whatever lines yeah. I want to I, and, just, and you'll like it. Just the gags of like, you know, Brent Spinner, when he finally wakes up, he's still the crazy white haired 
geeky scientist. Right. And the the big joke that they build for minutes and minutes is like his butt is showing. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know. And you know, even actually going into the plot sort of, of, of the movie, the way that it delivers everything. So, you know, obviously I don't think we need to tell anyone the plot of it. It's 20, it's 20 years after the first independence day movie. And, uh, the world has, uh, oddly not been growing that fast actually, right. because, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we've taken technology that we found from the aliens. So we've got jet planes, right? right? We've got like fighter planes that now have like the alien, like whatever, and they can fly to the moon and stuff like that. Oddly enough, they still look like jet planes that we just strapped something onto. Put blue lights behind them. And uh, they show you uh, stuff happening on the earth as though, you know, so they're like these kind of transporter Mm -hmm. movements things right i mean there's i don't know it's all weird but we've kind of just slapped on this alien technology to stuff it's 20 years later everyone still has a laptop right right that looks exactly the same as the lab <laughs> 20 years from right. now laptops is as far as it gets right really it's right. like right it's like yeah. it, it's like we've uh you know i don't know we've taken their technology and really done nothing with mm. it except <laughs> except that i don't know they build weapons on the moon and stuff. But the thing that's, uh, for me, one of the saddest moments of this movie was, uh, um, yeah. So anyway, the aliens are coming back now. They're badder than ever, whatever. And the, you know, as you see in the trailer, that's a bigger ship than the last one or whatever. And then Jeff Goldblum actually says like, it has its own gravity. Right. Right. And he's like one of the biggest, you know, scientists, you know fantastic guys like in the world yeah he's not like the science teacher that due to emergency had to be our science coordinator or whatever you know he's like the guy and he says it has its own gravity everything has its own gravity yeah but anyway yeah (laughs) but the the sad part was this uh little ball thing shows up at the moon the little sentiment thing yeah and uh and so now we've just installed another weapon or whatever onto the surface of the moon to be the slightly farther away weapon yeah. for no it reason. Not, yeah. Um, and so now it's sh- this ball shows up, this giant alien ball shows up by kind of like teleporting itself right. or whatever it is that it does. And that the whole scene that follows that thing is so like just for someone who's never seen any movie ever yeah. or something, it's so ridiculously strung together with people going, we should shoot it. We, we don't know what that is. We should shoot it. No, right. we can't shoot it. Let's wait a minute right. and see. If, and, and remember 20 years ago when we should have shot it, it's you know. like so horrible. And not only is the idea of the scene stupid, you know, everything that everyone says is stupid and everything that everyone says is it's so it's, it is literally like somebody made a bet to make this movie just because they wanted like mystery science theater to have fodder something to use. Right. I I suspect I know what your worst movie of the year will be already. (laughs) I I think I've got a hand on it. If we go by the grades, I I know. I hope you do. We may see some new things. Imagine right. we you see imagine something we else. Well, Ghostbusters is still to come. Yeah. 
I feel like as much as I hate Ghostbusters, yeah, it it can't possibly right be as be this. as bad as this. No matter but no matter what it did. If if what I see in Ghostbusters is is similar, let's because I love tagging Ghostbusters in every single thing that we talk about until we've got it out of our system. But look, right, because as long if, as we say it over a microphone, this, the NSA will be watching. Perfect. So that's right. why I like to do if, that. If the story is terrible, which it looks like it could be, yeah. and, and I mean like Independence Day, if the special effects are supposed to be amazing, which they look like they might be, they look kind of right. stupid, but they look like they might be. If the writing looks horrible, which it looks like it is, the characters are cliches of like, I, I see a lot of similarities here. Right. I, I just, I think it sucks. I think that. You think it's going to be worse of, than this? I don't know. I, I hope. I hope not, but I also hope so. <laughs> like, it would, how it amazing to be? would it be that we watch two zeros kind of back-to-back <laughs> almost? Um, that would be fantastic. It was funny for me, just to get off this real quick, but it was funny for me just because I'm a guy that loves credit scenes and things. Like, I kind of I have fun with them, even if they're horrible. When the credits started rolling and you looked at me and you're like, there's no secret stuff, right? I went, I don't care. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't even want to see it. I'm right. out of here. Let's just go. You know? I don't know if there is or not. That's or a rare whatever. one for me. So the double yeah. zero, that's a rarity. It, that's, that's good. It was, I thought you might give it like a half. I, I'm like you, you said the, you said exactly how I felt. You just got to say it first. I had no pleasure in watching this film. There was no, there was no moment Except when Vivica Fox died, I like I said, I almost had some fun laughter with right, her, just but because that's it is kind of so gone stupid. wrong. Yeah. But if I right, if I'm and that, at that scene, thing is what's what's really horrible is that scene. Everything all around that scene. Yeah. You know the fact that of where she is when she dies, the the trying to rescue situation yeah. that they put her in in order to die. Right. It's like if she had just died. Right. That would have been like a million times better better. if just, you know, the world is crashing down around you. People are dying. I I mean, people are dying everywhere. She could have just died. And and it would have been, uh, you know, miles better than trying to set up this just hokey, goofy, nonsensical thing. I mean, and I'm I'm maybe giving them too much credit, but to try to make like a Starship Troopers alien story where there's like a hive and there's a queen and we've got to do all this. And I'm like, don't don't do that. Right. Just don't. You can't do anything good, so don't do that. I will. I will say this though, um, it, it, in a odd way, I guess. Um, if you were just looking at this movie uh, with no other, you know, attempt at seeing anything than the special effects, right? There are some good special effects sure. in this, but there are also some really stupid special effects in yeah. this. There are special effects in this movie where we have decided we can do certain special effects and we're going to do them even if it looks dumb. Yeah. Like even, even at times that it makes things look worse overall because we can do this really cool special effect. Right. But there are some parts in the movie where the special effects are pretty cool. And the weird thing about watching this movie was I was just telling you that I rewatched the original Star Trek movie. Right. Right. And it does not hold up <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. For the very strange reason, uh, I encourage everyone who likes sci-fi movies or likes Star Trek or whatever to go back and watch that movie. If you haven't seen it ever, or if you haven't seen it in a really long oh, time, movie now, yeah. because man, it just does not hold up. 
because at the time that that came out, right, and I think it was like 1979-ish. Yeah. Um, it might have been eight. Anyway, it was like right, you know, there. Right, yeah. Um, at the time, everyone was so infatuated with pulling off special effects and making impossible things to look at that this movie spends outrageous amounts of time looking at it. Right. And and you, no one would ever do it again. Like no one would do it now. And right. dedicate the amount of time just staring at the ship in space as Your we like. Your description of these scenes were hilarious. You like, you know, five minutes of them just flying somewhere. It is. And you're just like, I can't believe they ever did this. I got <laughs> I know, away with it. I know it's yeah, so it's weird. 79. But they, uh, they, you know, they they look at the Starship Enterprise. There's this one scene fairly early on where they're taking like a shuttle to the Enterprise because the uh, transporter's not working. Right. And Captain Kirk is on the little the little shuttle transport thing to go to the Enterprise. And I swear to God, it's like 10 minutes long. <laughs> I love it. And they just yeah. keep staring at yeah. it. Then they look back at him looking at it. We right. have to, we have see to him. see him right. seeing it, right. Right? right? And then they look back at it again. And then there's like a tiny little guy in like a spacesuit, And he's right. like flying past it. And you're like, see, look how much bigger we made this right. look than him. Because right. it's ancient, right. you know, special effects compared to today. And this movie had a bunch of scenes where obviously nothing happens for that long. Right. No. But yeah. there were a lot of scenes in this movie where it's like you're just watching the big thing sure. move across the screen yeah. and going, look how big it is. Right. And it, right. for longer than necessary. There's that, and, there's and you that, don't uh, get anything out of it. There's that one thing that I can't remember. They literally named the effect um, where when the ships arrived in the first film, and they do it in this one too, there's the billowing gathering clouds with the orange right, fire right. behind it, you know, and that's, that's maybe the only good thing about the film that I like, right. That there were a couple scenes where that. And they crazy. even do that like too much yeah. because they do that. And it is like a, a interesting effect and it kind of looks, you know, <laughs> scary and cool or whatever. Yeah. But then it goes on for so long right. that you start going, what am I, and people, what am I looking at? Like, what is standing this? There right? Looking at it. And I'm like, even if you were too young, that's frightening. You would run from that. Right. And if you're old, you remember that. You'd run from that. But everyone's right. just like pointing at the sky and be like, oh, look, <laughs> look more there, aliens. There it is. Yeah. You know? So anyway, that's, that's the worst. Uh, in a long okay. Time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and, you know, oddly, though, I, I almost feel like I have to say that I don't know that it's necessarily too long. I mean, it's too long because it's any long. <laughs> But right, I know what you mean. But yeah, I, I'm okay. not sure that it necessarily. Even, it wasn't one of my gripes. Was like dragging, right. you know, like scenes were super long right. or you know whatever. So that's kind of odd because that's we true. we hate that about every movie, really, except the movie that we hate the most. Right, <laughs> they and got that strange. right, and that was two hours long. Right, you know, but it, it yeah, I wouldn't. But, of all my gripes, I wouldn't. But as much that. as as much as I hated the experience, I wasn't sitting there thinking, yeah. "What is this? Three hours long?" Right. It right. was at least. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it at least had that going for it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and uh, the uh, food and, services on production it, was top notch. Every once in a while, we'll see a film, we'll dislike it, but we'll say, eh, it's kind of a good popcorn film. Like, right. I legitimately don't right. suggest anyone see this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. But we're in the minority. That crowd loved it. Like, they really got it. And when we walked out, they were really talking highly of it. I, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess as a recommendation, I would say if you think this is probably going to be the best movie you're ever going to see, you might like it. Check it out. 
<laughs> Let us know. I don't know that you will. Right. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we need to take a uh, quick break before we go on forever again. <laughs> so uh, we'll do that now. And we're back. So um, now we got to do Finding Dory, Dory and the BFG, and we have to go like pretty kind of fast. This, this should I, actually I guess. be pretty. Um, <clears throat> Finding Dory and and like we said at the beginning is uh, you know crushing making money, yeah. and it's no surprise. Um, and it's not just that everyone loves Finding Nemo, but uh, you know you've all been to Disney World or Disneyland or whatever, and so you know no matter how old Finding Nemo is, they still sell and right. Finding Nemo. You know they've got practically a whole finding Nemo hotel at Disney world and yeah. you know, whatever. Right. Um, the movie, the, the thing about finding Nemo that is actually one of the odder, more interesting things I think about Pixar is that, you know, everybody loved cars. Everybody loved toy story. Um, I think toy story and finding Nemo are the movies in the Pixar wheelhouse that uh, no one will stop buying the crap the stuff of the movie, yeah. right? No matter how long it is right. since the last one came out, um, Finding Nemo is just one of those things that, you know, it's like you can't stop selling Nemos right. no right. matter how much time passes. So yeah. Finding Dory has got that kind of uh, push behind it for people just really wanting Loving more it. of it. Yeah. So, here you go. Right. Um, and this one obviously is about finding Dory's parents, which is pretty hard if you have no memory. Right. And she, uh, you know, at some point we kind of uh, flip a switch in her brain where she remembers that she has parents. Right. And kind of has these glimpses of little glimpses yeah. of stuff. And we get this whole uh, at the beginning, we kind of see the very beginning of her story when uh, right. she's like on her own and trying to, and, and, and kind of interesting uh, few minutes of the movie actually, where at, at one point she knows she's looking for her parents and time goes on and she just knows she's looking for something. Right. And, and, yeah. it, and it slowly like slips away. And anyway, then the huge adventure to try and figure out where she comes from and to get back and then we get to introduce some new characters yeah. and octopus and all that stuff. And then, you know, I'll spoil the movie. She eventually finds her parents. Um, this one was a little uh, weird for me as we throw out the ratings. Um, I liked the movie. It, I did not, uh, I did not love it the way that I have kind of really loved the last few uh, Pixar movies or really the last few big Disney movies over the last few years, um, like, you know, Frozen, Zootopia, mm -hmm. stuff like that, that I really like. Yeah. And the last, uh, at least two or three Pixar movies that I, re that, you know, every time Pixar comes out with a movie, I have really high expectations. Sure. Uh, <laughs> obviously at this point, and every time a uh, new Pixar movie is coming, my expectation is kind of, um, I know I'm probably really going to like it. Right. But is it going to be as good as whatever the last one was, right? right? And then I see it and I'm like, I like that even more than right. the last it one. And so it's like, yeah. Now. And so it's this. Uh, constantly resetting the bar for me. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, the, it's this progression of craziness yeah. where 
you watch enough of them, you're starting to get to the point where you're like, why are movies that aren't for kids not nearly as good as, I mean, so, and this one for me was uh, really kind of a letdown. I I didn't get, I didn't really get, it's still really good. I didn't get really like the magic I expect. Like I didn't, I didn't walk out of it going, man, look at that. Right. There, right. There they go again, you right. know? So uh, for me, this one was uh, an eight. Oh. Um, I did, oh, I did really like it. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. But for me, there was a lot in this movie that, you know, sad to say, I sort of felt like we kind of were just writing something because we wanted to make more Finding Nemo money. Right. Then as opposed to because I've got a really awesome story yeah. that I can, that I can right. do whatever. And so there are a lot of scenes in this movie where it's just kind of like, eh, I mean, yeah. all right. I mean, yeah. and, and it was really fun. The kids obviously loved it and thought it yeah. was awesome. Right. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't have that, you know, next like level for me. It's so. It's interesting. They don't come out so fast that I feel like I'm, Pixar it out, you know, they're, they're spaced out far enough. And there was enough success behind Nemo, which is a film. If I say I love it, not the minority, I'm just in the billions of people that love the film too. Right. It would make sense to say, maybe there's a story here with her instead of more, what are we going to do? Find Nemo again, like losing me, you know, right. Right. There's, there's a, there's an interest. Well, I mean, and again, I wrote this down so I don't get to cheat, but I was at eight. I felt almost right. exactly the same way. I felt like even though even though it hits all the same like familiar points, like there are our, our heroes have um a limitation or a disability, but they're proven to be absolutely as effective and maybe sometimes more so. Like I love that thing that they're doing with stories and they're addressing kids' fears and like there's there's a there's a strength there in the stuff that they're doing about um, some of the films that we've seen lately, like the bonds between parents and kids, the bonds between kids and their friends, mismatched partners having a long journey, a big adventure together. And they can only achieve that through teamwork. Like I like those themes that they're telling. And yet if, if I say that there's something off here, it's, it's only off because again, like what you said, the bar is set so high for Pixar films. They usually have such a handle on this. And, and, you know, especially with finding Dory because it's the same crew that did finding Nemo with just is, you know, over a decade old. I I guess what I'm hinting at is that even if, even if it's a little bit off the mark for a Pixar film, it's still better than anything else than anybody else does because of the emotional involvement Ellen DeGeneres puts just like the perfect amount of vulnerability and likability. Yeah, she's really and, you know, she's she really good in the character, it. just like she was. She nails it. There's Nemo, no yeah. doubt about any part of it. And Ed O'Neill, even though it doesn't matter to me that it was Ed O'Neill um, as the cranky uh, octop, well, octopus, septopus. He's missing a leg, right? right? So, and and everybody has like not everybody's normal. Everybody has like a difference, and and they spotlight it. He's he's amazing, and I I almost thought if Pixar hadn't just come out this week and said no more sequels after the right. Incredibles two, right. 
he's the next one ripe for a movie. Right. Like his character on his way we to We could just go to not. the octopus We guy. could do right. his story, and he's amazingly fun in the same way, but much different as a character than Dory is. But I, I felt like for the first time in a long time, I saw like the puppet strings. I felt right. like I saw the story arc way in advance. And in this instance, though there's a lot of similarities to be seen with Nemo in this, it just felt forced a bit more than the natural version of Nemo did. And maybe that's because, maybe that's because the story was no pun intended, but more fluid in, in how it was trying to get from Marlin to get to Nemo and then Dory to her parents. I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't quite as on. There there was a little, there was a little bit of this movie for me where, and you know, like you said, they don't come out with them that much. Um, except that now they're starting to they're starting, come, to, they're, they're starting to come out with them yeah. more frequently, which really has a lot to do with uh, pushing back the good dinosaur. Right. At which kind of, uh, cause there we've got like 2014 where there, we don't have yeah. one, right. There's yeah. uh, but then that means last year we had two. Right. And I feel like last year you get like a really good showcase of, when it feels one way versus what you know you've got inside out right. versus the good dinosaur yeah inside out was insane Brilliant. right yeah. yeah the good dinosaur was kind of like all right i mean yeah. you know I, I feel sort of the same way uh, i i like the good dinosaur you know even less than this one right. by, by a bit you yeah. know but it's still still really fun and it's still yeah. you know a good movie but it just didn't have anything uh, I didn't feel of the, you know, kind of that, that magic, that like yeah. next level, you know, like if I want to see like a pretty good animated movie, right. You, know, you can get those from a lot of places. All kinds right. Of and right. that's not what I, that's not what right. I go into Pixar thinking I'm getting. And this one, there was, there was a lot in this one where uh, like I had time to think about, other things yeah. you know yeah. where usually a pixar movie just like sucks you in right you got and, nothing and you're just there yeah. and this one gave me a lot of time to think of you know the pixar you know bonus Formula feature thing. on the on the up one where yeah. they go this is what happens right and you have to have this happen right. and then i'm just sitting there watching it happen yeah going uh, you know it has to, it has to work in this exact sequence we have to, uh, you know, we have to find the beluga whale with the right. sonar right. so that we can do this. And we have to have this part show up and you're like, eh, now yeah. it's, now it's just too see-through. You know, I'm just watching the diagram now. I'm not really watching the right. movie right. and, and it just, you know, it wasn't. There's a, there's a bit too much midichlorian explanation for me. Like right. Dory's a great character. Part of what makes her really interesting in Nemo is she's so quirky but harmless, but dedicated, but still kind of strange and not bad strange. Like how does she learn to sing with whales? Now we got to find that out. Like every, it's almost like someone said, okay, who's Dory? And on a dry, dry race board, they're like, okay, we got to explain this. Right. Right. This exactly. And I don't want those explained. If, if I get it, that's great, but I don't, I don't need it so much. Um, right. It should, we shouldn't be uh, pinning it all together. Like right. That. It doesn't all, yeah. it doesn't all have to be pulled back from the curtain. If it's a, if it's a nicely colored picture, then I would say there's a few places where the coloring's outside of the lines. Right. But it's still, I mean, it's still really fun. It's still really emotionally there. It's, it's an investment and it's easier to make a lot of leaps because you probably, if you're coming to see this, you probably really love the story. Because right, you're, you're there. 
Um, and I think there's, a, I think there's a, it, just to look at the structure of the story specifically, where Finding Nemo is really about, you know, a parent trying to deal with the loss of a child, not the death of, but trying to find their child. Right. And then this is like from a kid's perspective, where one is from a parent's perspective, maybe that's just the shift enough that it had that threw it off. Right. Because it doesn't seem to be something that they normally bumble or fumble around a little bit. But still, I, I guess I feel like an eight, from a Pixar film, right? It's a little disappointing. It, it's another one of those movies where we say it's really good, and then yeah, and then talk all nip, about the bad things. But I think yeah. I think if you go see it, it's it's an hour and a half. I think it's really fun. I think, by the way, it, not often would I suggest this. By all means, go see it in 3D. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it is re- absolutely really cool astounding. looking. Yeah, and and I think another thing that they made a mistake in is maybe taking it out of the ocean. You know, there's a lot of it that happens in this sea park. Right. And it's it's fun and it's okay. But, man, the ocean's just ripe with stories and opportunities right. and directions and things. But maybe that would have been too derivative of me. This one, but, yeah, this one I feel it's like. it's just looking. I, um, when we watched it, I actually would watch it again just to watch it again. It, it like, is. It's so it is really cool looking. And, um, like I said, we keep bagging on it. But it is, it is really good. It has really good. lots of great parts. Um, it has doesn't quite have as many, I guess, really funny parts. Yeah. Um, it has some that are kind of funny, some. but um, in, I don't know, in Finding Nemo, maybe that didn't have exactly Nemo, funny I parts, was but I funny. feel like it had Nemo funny parts. Funny. Yeah. yeah. And this one doesn't have this, but you know, this movie for me, it just seemed like, you know, like you said, they're trying to flip it from, you know, parent to child, but this movie felt like, when you watch a Pixar movie, you like watch the movie and then as it's going on or at the end or whatever, you go, look at all these themes we had in it or whatever. Right. Yeah. And how cool is that? That it's this, you know, crazy fun story or, you know, um, even like brave, right. You've got all this, you could write like a thesis paper on all this shit that's going on in there. Right. And yet it's just this crazy fun movie and whatever. Right. And this movie just felt like, we gave it to somebody and I don't know anything about the process, but you know, now Pixar's working on so many movies at a time that you don't have all of the best people in Pixar on, on any thing. one movie. Yeah. Right. And this felt like they gave it to somebody who, you know, really was trying more to jam all the themes in and saying, I want it to have this and I want it to have that. Now, how can I do that? Right. Instead of making the story first and, you know, whatever. I don't know. It just seems coming to themselves. Yeah. It just didn't uh, wow me as much. But, yeah. you know, still, it's, it's great. It's I really mean, good. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, making for a most pretty serious animated year most overall. Most studios would love to have a film that is as strong as this age. You know? right. And for Pixar to have something that's a little off. Like, I feel Pixar's margin is 9 to 10. Almost all the time. Right. So if it goes eight and a half or eight, like, oops. Right. But still really great. Right. And maybe as far as their sequels go, maybe the strongest of them outside of Toy Story. Toy Story sequels, I think, get right. and it, get better and better. But and it, 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 is, it is kind of funny too, that they like that they say that uh, <laughs> they just had this thing about not having right. um Yeah. And, you know, Cars 2 is a weird one because that was kind of the movie where everyone 
suddenly decided I want to I want to hate right. Pixar. Right. So no one liked it. I actually liked Cars, yeah. um, and I like the Planes movies. Right. Um, but right. right now, Pixar does kind of have yeah. you know in the works. I mean, they've got Toy Story, yeah, The Incredibles, and uh, something else. I think I can't wait uh, for The Incredibles. I think something but else is anyway, a so sequel. But anyway, BFG. Uh, so the BFG, so you, you did not see it. Um, the BFG is, uh, we'll just go through this, I guess, like really fast. Uh, I give the BFG a nine. Um, it was, uh, oddly magical, which is kind of exactly Roald Dahl. Um, he's oddly magical. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't have any, you know, just magical, right? It's odd, right? He's, he's, uh, He's an he's a weird writer, and we were just talking about this. Um, you would think just by like polling the nation or whatever, right? You would not probably get the impression that he has written anywhere near as much stuff as he's right. actually written. I right. mean, he's written tons and tons of stories, um, but a lot of them are really odd, yeah. and they're really good. But trying to think of taking a lot of the stuff that he's written and make a movie out of it you get into kind of tricky territory because a lot of it is just kind of bonkers. We, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, right. and you ought to be able to tell from the things that are his most popular things that have been movies already that, you know, even amongst those, there's some oddness going on. You know, yeah. there's, you do not take like uh, your average writer, even if it, Ultimately, you might get like a sort of similar story and, you know, have like weird Oompa Loompas and, right. uh, you know, there's there's some amount of just being really weird right. in everything that he writes. Yeah. And the BFG for me is probably a good example of moving as far along the oddness as you're probably going to get unless you, you know, redo Matilda. Right. right. And it's super popular and the BFG makes a ton of money. And then suddenly people are going to go, well, I have a new well that I can, I can pull a bunch of stuff out of and I'll make money. Yeah. Um, But the story is about this little girl who accidentally sees the big friendly giant. And so he snatches her and takes her back to giant land where despite the fact that he's a giant, he's the littlest giant and all the other giants eat human beings and uh, live in this, uh, their own little land. And, and there's this, there's a, the story I think wonderfully lays out this very odd mythology about the whole world. And the giants have always been there. Right. And the BFG goes and catches dreams from this magical tree and he comes to London and delivers them to people when they're sleeping. There's like this whole weird thing going on, but it's, I guess, I guess it's odd because now it's come to a head because the BFG likes this little girl and she kind of won't stay away from him. And now the other giants are really hunting people right. and snatching kids out of their beds yeah. when they sleep and, and eating like them and stuff. Tots, yeah. And, uh, and really the movie, it's so weird because it's uh, one of those kind of wonderful stories, especially like a 
child focused story where kind of nothing happens. It's just that yeah. it's just that she goes there and sees what the giant world, you know, she, right. it, the whole movie is just this girl like peeks behind the curtain right. and see, sees things yeah. and finds out what's happening. And, you know, then stuff happens, but um, everyone in the movie is really fantastic. It has uh, a lot, obviously of crazy special effects going on. And there's uh, there's something really kind of odd, and I I saw this at a drive-in, yeah. so you know I, I guess I don't necessarily have the best view of what it looked like right. because yeah. I was at a drive-in, drive-in. Yeah. Um, but the visuals in it, and you know it's Steven Spielberg, so you probably expect a few things to go right in the <laughs> in the process, right? right? Yeah. But um, it's got a very different visual style to anything you've probably seen before where uh, Steven Spielberg's vision of what's going to go on and whoever it is that's all behind, you know, I I don't know who the cinematographer is and, you know, whatever, all of the various special effects companies probably working on this thing, you know, he kind of took the ability that special effects have now and kind of thought, what if we now just make things normal look better? Right. Or instead of, you know, trying to make the craziest thing we can out of special effects, it, it he's now working on kind of, what if we can just make this big cave that the BFG lives in, which is really, you know, just looks like a hobbit hole. Right. But, you know, with a kind of, you know, ladders everywhere that are just giant and very simple stuff, but we have to make the girl being really small, the stuff being really big. We have to make that kind of stuff look really good. Right. Where, you know, movies have been doing that forever. Right. Right. And instead of trying to blow stuff, blow cities up or whatever, what if we could just make special effects, do stuff we've done a million times be more awesome right. and, and realistic looking. And when the, uh, when the giant is sneaking around in London and he's as tall as the buildings, yeah. and, but he's got to hide, right. <laughs> which you think that's not a thing you can't hide. Right? right. But he's had apparently forever to learn how to be really good at hiding. Yeah. So he does. And, uh, and the way this, you know, the story goes through, like, I've already told you the whole story. Yeah. Except for the very end. I won't spoil no, like the very end. end, but the end of the story happens, you know, maybe for like 10 minutes at the end, or yeah. maybe it's 15 or something. But the, the, the point you get to where something actually happens is just the last 15 minutes. Right. All the rest of it is just uh, her basically being kidnapped by yeah. the BFG and their conversations with each other, the way that he understands stuff. He talks really funny. He right. says like every other word wrong and sure. them just being together. They could practically just be the two of them in the whole movie right. and have no one else. But uh, the giant is actually way the smallest giant. You know, the other mean giants tower over him right and he's the runt and it's this really bizarre mythology going on in this story where these giants have always been there and 
apparently can get to somewhere where they snatch kids. Right. And they're horrible. Yeah. And what could really stop them? And yet they don't just go and eat all everything. the people right. and destroy yeah. everything. Right. They just sneak around and steal a couple. Yeah. It, yeah, it's really weird. That's weird. But anyway, the story is uh, the the movie's gorgeous looking, and it's a it's a kind of a different thing in the in the sense that it's a very low key, you know, like slow yeah. children's movie, right? Which is not yeah not what you're used to at all. You're used yeah. to like practically frantic, right? And uh, something has to really happen every yeah. couple of minutes, or you can't keep people interested in it. You can't keep right. kids interested right. in it. This one is very, very slow, and uh, there it's practically like a bedtime story. Yeah, the movie. Cool. <laughs> so, um, right. But yeah, it it was really, really good, and you can tell uh, all the way through it that it's Steven Spielberg. Right. That uh, you know nothing, <laughs> nothing happened in this movie that was not exactly the way the way it was yeah. supposed to happen, yeah. and uh, you know. There were, you know, stuff would happen that looks accidental because Steven Spielberg spent like a month and a half making it look, making it look exactly the way it was. So, um, but you know, not, I don't really need to talk about it probably forever. Um, and we've already gone kind of over an hour anyway, so, uh, we, we can get out of here and, uh, but man, it's, it was, uh, it's, it's almost worth watching just for the fact, and I have to say probably the thing that finally drew Steven Spielberg to it Mm -hmm. is that it's a kid movie, a family movie, whatever it is, that it's just a very different story than you you ever see in kid movies, especially today where it's just this kind of little bit of magic, but, you know, like I said, it's very uh, methodical and slow and, and nothing happens. Yeah. And so it, it's yeah. a very different kind of movie. And, you know, for a Disney movie, you've got to wonder why now they suddenly get Steven Spielberg right. to do something. You've got to figure there's a reason. And I feel like that's probably what it is, that it, it's yeah. just so different sure. from what you're used to seeing in this kind of a movie. So yeah. um, anyway, really really recommend going to see that it was it was awesome and uh i think probably we've babbled on long enough i don't next week you know i don't know we might have to see mike and dave need wedding dates right and uh and and possibly maybe uh, we'll probably be able to cover secret life of pets i don't know i'm scared of secret life yeah for me yeah um i feel like all of the reasons that they want to make it all the reasons that I would put my money in it. If I had the chance (laughs) are all the reasons that I'm a little scared of seeing it. I I feel like maybe they're just, uh, you know, someone said if we had talking animals, right. Who did goofy things, right. People would go see that. Sure. Oh, you want like a story? Right. (laughs) Well, one of them gets out. (laughs) Right. They all got to, you know, sure. so someone's got some dog's going to carry a fish around on its back. And yeah, if it doesn't go Dr. Seussian in a bit, it'll be it. 
it's surprising. Something. I don't know. It, uh, we'll something. It, it's something kids are going to love. Yeah. Anyway, thanks uh, for tuning in. And uh, please, please share us, uh, rate us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, write a review of us, uh, and uh, otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. See ya. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.